Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. Also, FiveReasonsSports.com, all the written content without a newspaper paywall. And check out Playback. We're going to be back down there on Saturday for Heat Knicks Game 3. It is free. As long as you're subscribed to a cable provider, it is free, and you can come chat with us and watch the game with us. We had a really good crowd there for Game 2. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that includes our friends over at Miami Gaming Parties. You're looking for something to do between NBA games, between Stanley Cup games? This is the thing for you. Miami Gaming Parties delivers private video game tournaments for gamers and their lucky guests. Truly custom. You pick the game and the package, premium or black tie VIP, for 8 to 16 people. Miami Gaming Parties brings everything from PS5s, trophies for the winners you can play at home or at a venue of your choosing they'll do a free on-site consultation and tell you how everything will work it's perfect for birthday parties bachelor parties anniversaries corporate events anything you want to celebrate check them out at miamigamingparties.com again that's www.miamigamingparties.com and now today's episode down Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick on the Five Reasons Sports. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. I am just back from New York where the Miami Heat lost game two but got the split that they needed. Jimmy Butler appears to be on track to be playing on Saturday because he almost played in game two. And, of course, the Knicks players who were critical returned in the last game. Well, Randall returned, Julius Randall, but also Jalen Brunson played through injury. The Knicks pull away at the end with a little bit of help, well, maybe more than a little bit of help from the officiating, including Scott Foster. Uh, the Heat are now 0-6 when Foster officiates them. They left their last six this season, uh, and there's some crazy streak of games in the postseason that they've lost. And I can tell you they know, uh, Greg, they know. And, I, again, I, I don't, I don't want to spend, you know, this entire episode or other episodes, you know, harping on the officiating because, as Eric Spolcher says, there really ain't much you can do about it after the fact. I don't think that officials go into a game saying we're trying to screw this team, but it is very coincidental that it always seems to be Chris Paul and the Miami heat with Scott Foster. I don't, I just don't get it. Um, and I, I will say something that I put on our off the floor feed uh, talking to a player who told me he'd never come out of a game thinking that guy did a really, that guy wasn't bad tonight. <laughs> that guy wasn't bad. Never, never was wow. in this player's career. Uh, have they come out of the game thinking, and I, all I'll tell you is because I don't want to get this player fined. Player's been in a lot of games. Anyway, um, Greg, we're going to do something off the cusp of officiating here because, again, that's not one of the things that the Heat can control. And we're going to get into the the five things that the players, ha- the play, excuse me, the playoffs have told us because we talk a lot uh, about this phrase that Pat Riley has used, which says the playoffs tell that no matter what you do in the regular season, what matters is are you basically a 16 win player as opposed to an 82-game player, okay? And we've seen over the years that certain guys, um, they're just better in the regular season. Uh, that was the case with Jamal Mashburn, at least until he left Miami. It was the case in a lot of uh, 
a lot with Eddie Jones uh, and others who just performed better in the regular season than in the playoffs. And Draymond Green has kind of coined this, this phrase about the 16 game or 16 win uh, player. And we know that the Heat typically make their decisions based more so on what happens in the postseason than what happens in the regular season. So, Greg, we're going to go back and forth here. I'm going to actually let you start. Uh, what are, We're going to get into the five things that we've learned so far as we're now, what are we, seven games into the postseason for the Miami Heat and across the league too because some of this is, is affected by things we've seen around the league. Yeah, for me, the first thing that jumped out was pretty easy, and I think every Heat fan will relate because of the roller coaster of emotions that we've gone on being on one end, one end of the spectrum to another, and that's that basically what the NBA has done with the way that they've structured the CBA and um, the way that players move so much, and there's just so much of basically – Free agency uh, doesn't necessarily get to happen anymore because of how much uh, direction is being done player to player. Parity has changed the way that I now view the regular season until further notice. And I only say that because to see the heat flip this switch and turn it around and you see the shooting turn around, I have no choice but to take it at face value that you just never know what will happen. And so that is, I think, something that I don't know how the NBA fixes that, you know, I guess conundrum of making the regular season matter. The in-season tournament, I think, is an element that they're trying to bring in that will get people interested and maybe get players interested. But I, I don't know anything other than shortening the season, how they're going to make it where you don't start to just, uh, you know, get in, in a weird circumstance because you all year the Heat looked like they were disconnected and ready to go on vacation. And then all of a sudden it flips. So I just think that that is something that uh, was just an initial takeaway as we, you know, all of a sudden we're in the second round. It's just bizarre. Yeah. I don't think the NBA wants to change the parody thing. I think they like the parody thing. Like the, like the NFL likes the parody thing, which is one of the reasons that we saw, uh, you know, the reason that we see the draft go the way it goes, right? Like where there is, it's not a pure lottery, but it's still a lottery where you're rewarding the bad teams uh, at the expense of the good teams because you're trying to put better players on those bad teams, right? So I, I don't think that the NBA wants to get to a situation where there's a ton of 60-win teams and a ton of 15- to 20-win teams. They don't want that. There was not a 60-win team this season. Uh, the Bucks had the most wins at 58. We saw what happened to them. The Lakers struggled all year. It looked like they weren't even going to make the play-in until they made some trades, and now they are on the cusp of the Western Conference Finals. The Warriors – uh, won what 11 road games the entire season um i mean the worst ever for for a defending champion one of the worst we've seen uh overall in terms of a team just you know totally like laying an egg every time they leave their arena and yet they are right there with the lakers with a chance to go to the next round we saw what memphis did as a number two seed it didn't mean anything when stephen adams got hurt and dylan brooks started acting out and Ja couldn't be counted on so I, I do think that we are in an age of parity compared to what we had before. I think that the league, uh, ultimately, it, it's kind of – and, again, I, the Heat will have to adjust to this. I, I think it kind of works both ways. The NBA likes the parity during the regular season, but I think they would prefer ultimately to have one or two really, really strong teams that everybody sort of hates, right? Um, because – or that so. everybody is, is gunning for, right? Because the, the, the ratings were best when Jordan <laughs> – was being targeted or <laughs> when LeBron had really strong teams or the Warriors had really strong teams or, or even the big three, right? Where there's one team that everybody else is gunning for. 
But I, I think we are in this phase for a little while. And I think the way that it affects uh, the heat is that it does sort of color the way you view regular seasons until the NBA fixes it. Because I don't think the in-season tournament is going to fix it. Where maybe just cruising through the regular season and resting your guys and not playing a Jimmy Butler more than 60 to 65 games is the way. Because all you really had to do was make the tournament and win one road game. That, that's it. And they did that against the Bucks. And because there's no great team, you don't really fear anybody who might finish with a one or two seed either. So I, I think that it, it may affect it next year a little bit in terms of the way that the Heat operate. Um, when I was in the Bahamas this year and talking to Heat officials, they thought this was going to be a parody season. And they thought that there were like 20 teams that could make the playoffs in the two conferences that had a legitimate case. I don't even know that they would have included Sacramento, which ended up being the right, third right. seed in the West. So I, I just think we are in that phase a little bit um, where it's going to be a little bit more like the NFL where the top teams change year to year and nobody wins 60 games. And that may affect the way that the heat approach. It's things. made the playoffs more fun though. I, I do have to say that yes. you really don't know what's going to happen. So I do, I mean, as much as the regular season was, it felt long and arduous at times, the playoffs have been super exciting. Absolutely. All right. Well, the guy who has been the most exciting in the playoffs and I'm going to steal yours here. Um, things that the playoffs have told. And I think, I think we'll get universal agreement from Heat fans on this one. So let's focus on – it's more of the positive here before we get to some of the negative. And and you put it here in a text to me. Jimmy Butler is good enough to spend for. So I'm just going to repeat it. Jimmy Butler is good enough to spend for. So this idea that this team, because it does have a lot of undrafted guys and unheralded guys and success stories, but players maybe with limited ceilings, et cetera – was not that a big three heat team that was worth the luxury tax. I think Jimmy has thrown that out the window because we've talked about his window, right? And how long it may be. And maybe it's longer than we thought because of the way that he's conditioned himself and the way that they have managed him, which I thought went well this year, even if I didn't like it all the way as it was going along. But I think we are in the position uh, now where it's pretty clear that it, it's malpractice, as you I think you've put it, not to put enough supporting pieces around this player. That that this player gives you that chance in the same way that it would be malpractice not to spend into the luxury tax to support Steph Curry or to support Giannis Antetokounmpo. We know Milwaukee can be a little cheap while they're having owner, ownership change, uh, or to support LeBron James, or in, to a certain degree to support uh, jo Joel Embiid. Okay that this is the type of team uh, type of player, excuse me, that deserves that. And particularly because he's on the other side of 30 and you don't know if you're going to get another like him, you know, I mean, the heat have been incredibly fortunate and incredibly opportunistic in the way that they've replaced one star with another star during Riley's tenure. So, uh, and then you pick up Tim and then you flow into to Dwayne in the 2003 draft and that flows into Shaq. And then ultimately uh, after a little bit of a down period, it flows into LeBron and Chris, and and now it flows into Jimmy. And we, we saw it took a little bit of time to get the guy like Jimmy. We don't know if you're going to get another guy like Jimmy anytime soon. When he's not here, it would seem, even though he can be challenging to play with, and I don't think a ton of guys around the league are clamoring to play with him as they might be with other stars, although there, clearly there are some. Kawhi wanted to play with Jimmy, et cetera. I think Paul George is a guy, he praised Jimmy profusely. He seems like the kind of guy who would want to play with Jimmy. Um, but you just don't know. It's it's not necessarily easier to get that guy 
after you don't have any guy, right? Uh, it might be easier to get him while you already have one. And so you need to do everything you can to put the pieces around Jimmy Butler now. And and I and I I think that we're gonna get again, it's not my money. Okay, so I'm speak, probably speaking out of turn here, but you're you're in it to win it or you're not. And, and I feel like even if the Heat go to the conference finals this year, it does not paper over this and say it was okay not to spend the tax this year. It's not. This is if you championship organization. One of the things a championship organization needs to do, in addition to maximizing its resources and making the most of undrafted players and its coaching staff and all that, which are things you can do around the margins. Ultimately, to be able to compete consistently in the NBA, you need to spend like the others spend. It's just that simple. And so I, to me, that's that's where I go here. They, Jimmy Butler is worth spending for. I couldn't have said it better than my – couldn't have said it better. Uh, and it's going to lean directly where I'm heading next. You talk about spending, and boy, are the Heat going to have to think about spending this summer and go forward. This is going to become an expensive group if they want to keep them together. And even if they don't, it may still be super expensive. And I'm going to save a lot of the mechanics of it for after the you know the playoffs when we can really deep dive. But essentially, this is what I want to to this is where I want to go of what we've learned from the playoffs so far, and really the end of the regular season to some degree. And that is that when the heat is thinking about spending money this summer, one of the priorities is likely going to be Gabe Vincent. I think he's played himself into a return role, uh, particularly with Kyle continuing to age and, you know, conceptually, I think he he would decline and, or stay where he is and you're going to need somebody to continue to step up and ascend. And so I, I would say that he, it makes it a lot more likely now versus maybe three weeks ago that you keep Gabe Vincent around. Um, I don't know what that means for the rest of the roster because it's getting so expensive and they could be a, a second tier luxury tax team if they don't cut salary. So it may mean Max Struess goes elsewhere, et cetera. I don't want to speculate too far, but the main overarching point is when the Heat goes spending this summer, I think a part of it will be allocated to Gabe Vincent. And you know what that's going to do to Heat fans? I'm with you on this, by the way. I mean, Gabe is averaging 15 points. He's shooting 41% overall, but 40% from three in the postseason. And a lot of games, he has literally saved them. Okay, so I'm with you on it. I've been a proponent of Vincent. He has some flaws to his game as a natural point guard, but he's made some progress. Uh, and I just like his toughness. I like I like his, his level of competition. He fits them. Um, in the way that guys like a Chalmers or a Cole or others who have been there have fit them at that position. I'll just say this, okay, that Heat fans are going to freak because it's going to be perceived as you're paying another undrafted guy when you could just make one, right? And yeah. so the Duncan Robinson experience has everybody kind of scared at this stage. And we've also talked about this many times. And this is a credit to the Heat organization, but it also kind of colors the way you approach this is that nobody gets better after they leave the Heat. None of these undrafted guys have ever gotten better. You cannot name one. There's some who've stayed about the same because they had a skill set that kind of transferred like a Rodney Magruder or something like that. Although he never played as many minutes on a good team as he did in Miami. He played some with the Clippers a couple of years ago. Uh, but typically, the undrafted guys do not flourish. They end up overseas or out of basketball, like white sides. Okay. So, so, uh, and I think Hassan was drafted, wasn't he? But anyway, he, he was a reclamation project. The point is, their reclamation projects, their, their UDFAs, they don't get better somewhere else. And so there's going to be, I know that some Heat fans are going to say, let someone else pay Gabe. Let someone else pay Max. Okay. Now, I, and, you know, let them be, and I, there's no, no, just, 
respect to either of them because they may both flourish in other places. Who knows? But the track record is that they won't. And then so you look at it and say, okay, look, see, we escaped. I mean, Josh Richardson's another example, right? Like he was a second round pick. Yep. He's never been as much of a factor as he was in Miami. Okay. Yep. I mean, right. So uh, Justice, another example. Like, there, and he was a first round pick. Like, this is just the way that this thing works. Okay. And uh, so I guess that's the balance here is paying Gabe. And if, if Max is in the picture too, paying them. Not so much paying them enough that you're not being cheap about it, but pay, not paying them so much that you're compromising yourself in the future because then the tax bill does get so high that it precludes you from something else. Again, if they don't make any other moves with Kyle um, and, and and Duncan, they are in a situation where they might as well pay gaps, Max and Gabe, because they're not going to be able to replace them with anything on the open market. Um, and so we, we've, we've outlined that as well. So what I'm going to say is I agree with you. I don't think you should be cheap with either guy. I would say particularly with Gabe because finding a point guard who can perform at a high level in the postseason on the road, I think is that's a premium thing, more so than another shooter, even though Max offers more than that. I, I would say uh, they should retain them both. They should not be cheap with either they should also heed the warnings of the past. So it's a little bit of a balance um, of all of that stuff. All right, we got two more to go, and I'm going to I'm gonna come up with the next one and let, then let Greg finish. I do want to mention a couple of our sponsors here at the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Prize picks. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. They got – look, I'm literally sitting here, and on my phone it says, place a $5 entry and get a shot of 50 bucks. They, they have – all kinds of promotions running all the time. All you got to do is go there and deposit, okay? Don't just sign up. We see that all the time. Like two-thirds of the people who listen to this, they sign up. They don't deposit. You can't win if you don't deposit. They won't match your money if you don't deposit. So use the code 5, deposit. It doesn't have to be 100. You don't want them to match 100? That's fine. They can match 20. Put $20 down. Get your $20 and just start playing. And, of course, you can play more than just the NBA. You play NHL, MMA, NFL, et cetera. But – the cool thing is they've got all these other new NBA props. Like you, they've got a prop for first six minutes of the game points. I mean, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, next time, hopefully, if I play Gabe Benson in that way, he doesn't hit his three, five seconds after the six-minute mark. But go to prize picks. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. And then we also want to mention uh, another sponsor of the 5 Reasons Sports Network, our friends over at You Break Wheel Fix. Go to youbreakwheelfix.com. Based there in North Miami, this is a complete, complete uh, wheel solution for you. They handle all kinds of automotive stuff, but especially they can, they can repair your damaged wheels from bends, cracks, curb rash. They also can refinish your wheels, make them look brand new, or make them look different. They do the powder coating, and they also can customize them for you. You get the heat colors if you want. So check them out, youbreakwheelfix.com. It's 305-748-0112. Reach out to Mark and the staff. Mention five reasons to get a discount. 305-748-0112 or you break wheel fix on Instagram, Facebook, and you break wheel This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. All right. Uh, I It's my turn here, I guess. Um, so let that's me correct. Up, let me I also got that bad, uh, just to sneak in here off of the ad read, I mm-hmm. also had that bad beat of the Gabe Vincent three oh that went in five seconds after the six well, minute the, mark. The, 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 uh. ball, the ball rotated to him and he didn't shoot it. And then it came back to him and he did shoot it. And I looked at the clock and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. 555. Right. 555. That makes it fun though. Yeah, I guess. All right. I'm going to get to the one that everybody wants us to get to here. Okay. And and this, this is the this this is a subject that requires probably hours. We've done hours already. The playoffs have told us something clear about Bam Adebayo. Okay. Not that he's a bad player. Okay. Not that he's unworthy of his contract, because I still don't agree with that. Okay. The the going rate for Bam Adebayo on the open market would be what he's getting paid. Okay. But it's this. You cannot, I think, at this stage, count on Bam Adebayo being a primary scorer for you in the postseason. That's where I'm at. Okay. It doesn't mean he's not going to have games to use a lot of double negatives there. He is. Okay. He will have situations where he can score more and he can get up in the high twenties. Maybe if other guys are out and there's more run for him, which we know they don't run a lot, but there's a reason they don't run a lot. That's the other thing. Like we have this discussion with Alex all the time. And I understand what Alex is saying that Spo doesn't really put him in position. Like he puts other players in position. I agree with Alex. What's going on in practice that is making Spo make that decision. <laughs> Okay, because I'm sure if Bam was dominating play uh, opponents, you know, in practice, okay, and was unstoppable in the block or unstoppable on the wing or unstoppable at the free throw line, Spo would run more for him. I believe that. Okay, this is not an inexperienced coach, so I think it goes both ways. But I just think we're at the point where he can't be counted on as a primary scorer to do it all the time. It's just it's not his nature. I mean, I'm even look. I'm looking at the playoff stats this year, Greg, going through the seven games and. Look, he's averaged 14.7 field goal attempts, okay? So he's back at around 15, if you round it up, which is what he said he wanted to do this year. And he went over it this year during the first two-thirds of the season. And then he went under it for the last third of the season after the All-Star break, where he averaged about 13, okay? But here's the thing. He's averaging the 15, but Tyler's not playing, who takes up such a bulk of the shots. And really, if Bam was going to be a primary scorer, many of those shots would go to Bam. They haven't. They've gone to Gabe. They've gone to Max. They've gone to Caleb. They've gone to undrafted guys. Okay, again, no disrespect here to any of those guys because they've all carved out really good careers. And Caleb, in my view, has been tremendous in the postseason. Okay, but they're not going to Bam because it's not him. And I'm just so that's where I'm at. And again, I'm at the press conference yesterday in MSG, and he's talking about I need to be better. And he was primarily talking about the Hartenstein play where, you know, he plowed over him. And again, the Heat got a bad break on that too because that was incorrectly officiated because the ball should have been basically on the floor. Okay, the foul came before the three-point shot by Brunson. That turned, in a lot of ways, that and the Caleb Martin shot that hit 
the rim, but they didn't see it. That couldn't be challenged. Those two plays essentially turn that game. Okay, so Bam's blaming himself for that, and I understand it, but that's not really what Heat fans were blaming him for. Like if you, and if you go through, I mean, I, I felt bad almost because all I did was post his quote. That's it. Like no, no commentary, no nothing. His quote, taking accountability, which is what we want athletes to do. And I think everybody loves Bam as a human being and what he represents for the organization, but they're sick of hearing it. They're sick of hearing that I need to be better. Even if he wasn't talking about the thing that they want him to talk about, which is that he did not take over offensively and dominate a guy in Hartenstein who should, who was not in his league or should not be in his league. Okay. So that's where I'm at. It's not trade Bam. It's not, it's not Bam is useless. No, none of that. Useless. None of that. Okay. It's not, he's not worth his contract, but they cannot approach things in the future as if Bam Adebayo is going to be a primary scorer in the postseason. They can't because they cannot count on it. And I, I know he's going to get better, but I don't know that that mindset is necessarily going to change. And that's to me, the biggest thing the playoffs have told me. It's a great point. And it's going to lead directly into where we'll close is that, because of what we've seen from Bam Adebayo, and um, I'm still going to say that he's young enough to get better, to your point, but I think that you're on to something in terms of also that they're not going to put him in the spots where they're going to just feed him, feed him, feed him, force feed him again, and force feed him one more time. Like That's just not going to happen. So you're right. And to that point, I think what it has really illustrated to us is that not only do they really severely miss Tyler Hero, and there was a soundbite floating around the internet that came from, I think, the Low Post, where executives had said to Zach Lowe that maybe Miami doesn't miss Tyler Hero as much as we think. And I think that there's elements to the way that the shooting has turned around that you could maybe dot connect this run with no Tyler and try to find correlations. But ultimately, this team is missing Tyler's shot creation, his scoring, his poise in late game situations, frankly, um, his just straight up like lack of fear in those moments is sometimes something that can be a gift and a curse, but it's a gift. A lot of times um, for this team, they were a creator short, Ethan, they were a creator short before Tyler got hurt before right. this season started. So I think it's really shown us that what this team needs more than anything is kind of like a lead guard of some sort that can take the reins of that. Um, in addition to, keeping a guy like Tyler hero around. And that's where it gets super tricky on how you can actually execute that transaction. You know, if that's even out there. Yeah. This is now the Holy grail for them is to figure out a way to somehow keep Tyler, but he doesn't have to be the primary scorer. And you can also put bam back in a place where he's not counted on to be one of your top two scorers in the play. Like that, that's basically where you're at. Like, yeah. And, and, and all of the points that we're making kind of flow together. The fact that Jimmy is worth spending on means you go all in on all of this, right? Like that's – okay, that's – we established that. The fact that Bam cannot be counted on to be a primary scorer in the playoffs means somebody else has to be. The fact that you don't have Tyler there now is now – puts more emphasis on that. But then the question becomes would Tyler have been that if he was healthy? And the problem is in this postseason, unless he returns early or the Heat make the finals, we're never going to know. OK, I mean, some fans have made up their mind about this and perhaps the Heat have. But the reality is, as observers, we wanted to see the postseason and Tyler acknowledged that he's, he knew that his 
he basically said out loud without using these three words, the playoffs tell. He knew it. He said it after he got hurt. He said, I want, I knew that I, I had to validate my, everybody wanted me to validate my season in the postseason. Okay. So that's where they're at. So there's some unfinished business there that is not really resolvable unless Tyler comes back early. And I don't get that sense. I, you know, Tyler's traveled with the team, but he hasn't talked. I mean, he hasn't talked to any media members. Um, he's, he looks really downcast. I mean, maybe he just doesn't want us around. I'm not sure, but he's got his cast on. But the, the usual smiling, bouncing around the locker room, Tyler Hero. And the two times that I went in the locker room pregame, I didn't see him postgame, but pregame before the two games, he, he doesn't look like that. Okay. And it could be something else. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but I think all of these things fit together. And then the other thing that fits together is finding the right role players to go around them. And they did that with Caleb Martin, and then that becomes our Shrews and Vincent, the right guys to put around them. The one guy we haven't talked about is Kyle Lowry. I think what the players, have, what the playoffs have told us is that guys like Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love can be really valuable in these short sprint situations, okay, because of their intelligence uh, and because, again, of, of their unselfishness at this point of their career. But I think the lesson that the playoffs have told, but really this regular season has told, is that you can't spend big money on guys like that. Anymore. Like it's, it's one thing to have Kevin Love coming in <laughs> on a minimum so contract after a buyout, as opposed to having Kyle Lowry, you know, being paid $28 million a year for essentially the same production as Kevin Love is provided. Right. Yeah. So, same role, just different positions. Exactly. Okay. Intelligence, right. You know, plugging a hole for 20 minutes in Kyle's case, sometimes it's a little bit longer helping your stars be stars, that kind of stuff, and not being afraid of road situations. I mean, the the, the a couple of the staffers in the Heat were wearing shirts yesterday. I put this on our off-the-floor feed that said, you know, lead us, Kevin. Take us there. Okay? I mean, he's earned respect. Kyle has earned respect. But how much do you want to pay for a guy who's earned respect? $2 million or $28 million, Right? Like that's, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, UD leaving – you know, leaves a void in that locker room, which is why I do think if the price is right, they should resign Kevin Love. But I also think in the future, they, they, it's, that's how they should get guys like that. Not three year, $85 million contracts. Okay. And I, I think they know that now as well. All right, Greg, uh, appreciate it. Um, we'll have more episodes coming up, leading you more into the next game. We just kind of want to see, we didn't want to do a whole bunch of Jimmy stuff today because we just don't know, although I do anticipate he's likely going to play on Saturday. We don't know for sure. So we'll have more coverage of the series itself going forward. Check out our sponsors, MiamiGamingParties.com, YouBreakWheelFix.com, PrizePix. Use that code F-I-V-E for five. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.